welcome back to another episode of the Record Spinner Podcast. I'm your host, Noel, and today we'll be talking about the same thing we talk about every two weeks, black vinyl music. Today, episode number 40 is kind of another epi- update episode, honestly. Um, I don't have any guests today, but what I do have is a lot of events that happened last week that I want to talk about and that I'm excited to present to you. A lot of cool happenings. Uh, I got my first um, record or uh, I don't know how to phrase this because I don't think of Black Liberation as a fan. I think of him more as a mentor, honestly. Um, And he sent me some records. So that's cool. Um, I also got to meet a DC jazz legend uh, during Record Store Day 2021 over at HR Records. Um, Charvis did this amazing thing where he called it black fire day which i really like as opposed to the record store day right like record store day is kind of a commercial thing if you don't know what record record store day is i have an episode where i talk about my love hate relationship with it it's really not a love hate relationship though it's more of a it's more of a i just don't participate relationship um i remember in my earliest in my earliest digging days in dc uh, when i first moved into the city in like 2015 I remember uh, a good friend of mine, Vince, over at Psalm Record, he used to always tell me when they were doing something big for like Record Store Day, he was like, hey, man, you got to come through tomorrow. We're going to have a lot of Sun Ra. We're going to have a lot of this, a lot of that. And I was just like, man, like, I'll, I'll just catch it next week when I come through. Right. I mean, but sometimes I wouldn't miss out on some of the cool stuff that they were doing. But I've just never been a big fan of like the crowds, I guess. Like I know how important it is for record stores to have this day. It's a very important day for independent record stores, which is what DC has. It's just all independent record stores. Psalm Records, Joint Custody, HR, um, Smash Records up in overall Florida Avenue. Um, All the record stores in Silver Spring, Joe's Record Paradise um the record exchange all that stuff um so i know how important it is to record stores however to me it's just like hey man i give you guys a lot of my money every other weekend like i'm gonna let whoever doesn't do that do that on record store day and and i'll come through um to clean up after but uh but this past record store day 2021 i went over to hr records over in brightwood park and I had an amazing time. Uh, Charvis put on quite the day. Um, so there was vendors selling Black Fire merchandise. And Black Fire, who you may not, or who you may know, or who you may not know of, um, Black Fire is a jazz, uh, independent Black jazz record label uh, based out of Richmond, Virginia, in DC. Um, and, and and when I say Richmond, if you know about the area, you know how close Richmond is to DC. It's about an hour and a half drive, maybe two hour drive. Um, away and uh, it it shares a lot it shares a lot of history a lot of context um, with each other and um, yeah back in the 60s and 70s there was this amazing jazz label that popped up kind of in the spirit in the same spirit as like strata east and black jazz out in oakland and tribe up in detroit uh, it popped up in Virginia and in D.C., of course, because, you know, this is a big area and this is a big area for black folk. And of course, you know, if, if there's a movement going on, of course, we're going to be a part of that as as Washingtonians. Um, and so 
this record label uh, has a few really key people who are still around with us. Uh, some aren't around with us a lot, aren't around with us anymore. But Plunky is one of those cats who is still around with us from that leg legendary um, group of musicians off of Black Jazz. I've talked about Black Jazz a few times on the Record Spinner podcast. Uh, mentioned it. I uh, mentioned uh, Black Jazz with Charvis. Actually, uh, he has some uh, personal ties um, to uh, Black the the label um, and to Plunky himself. I think Plunky frequents the shop over there at HR. So really cool stuff. I was really excited. I went over there. I got to see Plunky interview um, with Kevin from DC Soul Recordings. Um, amazing job you did, Kevin, asking all those great questions. Uh, Soul DC Soul Jazz, Soul Recordings, they're sort of an archivist um, group. I don't know if it's a group or if it's just Kevin, um, but they they're archivists and historians of DC music, and they do an amazing job with keeping the legacy of DC music alive. Um, so kudos to you guys over there at DC Soul Recordings. Um, Plunky played a little bit with Nag Champa, who I've also mentioned on the show. Nag Champa, uh, they are um, a group of very talented young musicians. Um, it was really a treat to watch them play, man. They're a hoot, man. They're they're funny. They're charismatic. They're a really talented bunch of musicians um, who really keep keeping again keeping that legacy of DC music and jazz and and soulfulness keeping it alive into the next century here so i really appreciate the the opportunity to get to see them to get to talk with them um to get to to see them perform live was just a real treat and uh and me and the girlfriend really enjoyed ourselves during this impromptu show while i was also digging through some records over at hr but um but yeah back to not participating in record store day it's just it's not it's very much the best way I can kind of sum it up is like Black History Month, right? Black History Month is one of those it's one of those months that is for people who it's for everybody. It's celebratory, right? So Record Store Day is celebratory. It's a day of celebrating independent record shops. It's a day of celebrating records. It's a day of celebrating music. Uh, much like I said, like I said, Black Black History Month. It's a it's a month of celebrating Black people and Black heritage, Black culture all that good stuff, our history. Um, but if you do that every day, you don't really need to participate in the month, right? You can say happy Black History Month to people. You don't have to be a dick about it. Um, you, don't, you don't have to say, oh, I don't celebrate Black History Month. But, you know, you can just, you know, be you and, and continue to celebrate and live the history and the culture of your people every day as you do. Uh, but the holiday is very important to the small businesses, um, to the to the independent record labels in D.C. So I, I always support that. But, uh, you know, just being being present on Record Store Day can be a little overwhelming for me because I like going to the record store as like almost like meditation, because when I go to the record store, it's it's, you know, three or four other people in there with me. Um, you know, maybe some staff in there, but you know, it's not packed like it was this past weekend. Uh, when I went over to uh, HR, it was a packed house. Like literally, like, everybody, everyone's in there digging through, digging through the crates, 
And that's good to see because that's what I want from the community. I want the community to continue to grow and flourish and these businesses to stay around in D.C. And this is how that happens. Um, but, yeah, it's just not my cup of tea because of how much how, how much energy is around the whole day. Right. Um, but, yeah, it was an amazing, amazing event Travis put on. And I thought it was very creative um, to call it Black Fire Day and have all the Black Fire merchandise kind of be highlighted because this is D.C. This is their city. So having that stuff highlighted was really uh, good to see and it was beautiful. So I hope that you continue to do that, Charvis, for uh, for Record Store Days moving forward. And um, it's a real treat. I think that's my new Record Store Day place, maybe <laughs> for, for Record Store Day. Um before I get into the other updates, I do want to mention that you can continue to reach out to me via email at the record spinner podcast at gmail.com. You can also follow me on IG and Twitter at rebirth of the cool. You can also check out the website. That's the record spinner.com. And now of course the Facebook page where you can also ask questions, reach out, uh, interact with me on the Facebook page. And that is the record spinner podcast. Go like it right now. (laughs) Anyway, back to the updates. One of those, um, one of the coolest parts of being able to, uh, go out to, to record store day 2021, um, was meeting the jazz legend plunky branch. Um, I've mentioned on the show, I've said this at the top, but I'll say it again. I mentioned on the show, the legacy of black fire, very important black independent jazz label, um, jazz funk label. And it's even better because they're the home team, right? This is DC They're They were based out of DC back when they were active and, um, they put out amazing music. So it was a real treat to be able to meet one of the, the members, one of the, the pioneers of this label and the history that he has, man, the, the knowledge that he has, some of the things that he shared with Kevin in that wonderful interview, which I'll try to link to in this episode. Um, some of the things that he shared was just awesome. And, and I, I kind of forgot about him, like things like or didn't know about him even. Um, but things like, you know, the tie-in to strata east like how jimmy gray was like a publicist or or um he he did a lot of distribution for strata east before he founded black fire um stuff like that is just kind of forgotten right it's just kind of like it's one of those things that you know we just think of them as two separate entities but they're not they're they were tied together by jimmy gray essentially and um and these important figures in jazz history um, they cannot go forgotten. And so like people like Kevin, like I said, at DC soul recordings are extremely important. Um, and so shout outs to you guys again. I didn't really get to mix it up much with, uh, with Plunky though. And, and, you know, it's one of those things I mentioned it in my notes here for the show, but, uh, it's one of those things that I kind of regret afterwards. Right. It's like, Oh my God, I was in the presence of, of, of a, of a legend. Right. And, and all I did was tell him that I appreciate what all that he's done for, for jazz music and for black music and for DC music. Instead of, you know, giving him my elevator pitch, right? Like telling him about my show and telling him about what I do and telling him about what I want to do and what I want to accomplish. But then I think, and then I'm like, 
that's not how I that's not how I operate. So like thinking about, you know, that story I told about meeting Cliff Lee, um, who recorded for Strata East and and his brother Bill Lee um, recorded a lot of record had a lot of recordings with Strata East and other um, and other jazz labels even um, I, I, even meeting Christian Scott who's an amazing contemporary jazz artist um, and Braxton Cook who's an amazing saxophonist these are people who I met personally and I got to talk to and, and chop it up with but I'm just not really great with meeting people who I think are important and being able to give them that elevator pitch, right? Being able to like tell them like, hey, I do this and you should check out this and you should check out this and like you should talk to me more about this. It's just not my style. Um, I'm more of an in the moment type of guy. So like when I'm in the presence of greatness, I just like to be in the presence. I don't like to say much. I don't like to do much, uh, but listen and take notes and, and learn. And so like I say that to say like that do know that I want to have Plunky on the show. And so I'm hoping to reach out to Plunky um, and his crew. If he has a crew, I think he has a crew. Um, But yeah, it's just one of those things I'm just not super comfortable with doing uh, when I'm in the in the presence of it. And and I know that sounds horrible. Sounds like what am I doing in this in this field? Right. But it's just I mean, I much rather just enjoy the moment enjoyed the music i was enjoying nag champa i want to talk to them obviously like i didn't stay around to talk to them after that i heard them play uh, i left right before they wrapped up their set but they also now know that like i want to talk to them i want to be able to chop it up and see what it is that you know they're feeling about the the contemporary dc music scene um how they're feeling about creating in general what some of their in- influences and inspirations um, and some of the thing again, some of the things that they're seeing in the in the in the field, right? Um, but I, I couldn't do that there, like, cause they're performing, like, they're there to have a good time too. I don't want to be that person that's like all in people's faces trying to get the exclusive. That's just not my style. But yeah, moving on. It was an amazing, an amazing weekend. Um, again, shout outs to Charvis, shout outs to Plunky, shout outs to Nak Champa. Um, shout outs to Jamal Gray, who I ended up chatting with online after uh, after seeing him at the event, of course. Uh, but I ended up chatting with him a little bit on Instagram. Um, ch- shout outs to all you guys, man. Like you guys are continuing the amazing legacy of DC creatives and DC music. And so I, I want to just be a part in some way, shape or form, you know, so I don't want to be in the way, but just being a part, you know, <laughs> so um but yeah, moving on to the last update for this episode. Uh, the last update is I got some mail. And of course, I'm not telling you guys about, you know, some random ass bill that I got in the mail. I'm telling you guys about uh, some records that I got unexpectedly from uh, Black Liberation Music, who um, who I mentioned a few times on the show. He invited me to this amazing group of black and brown collectors a group that I've learned uh, that I've only been on a few calls with these guys, but I've learned so much from each and every one of these guys already. Um, so I've really been honored to be a part of such an amazing group of black and brown men and women um, who who are sharing their experiences, sharing their knowledge, sharing their uh, perspectives um, with little old me, man. So like, it's really been a great thing to be a part of. Totally randomly out of nowhere, um, he hit me up on Instagram and was like, hey, man, what's your address? And I was like, 
uh oh yeah my address is such and such and such whatever um i was expecting maybe like i don't know like just like an invitation maybe i don't know like <laughs> maybe a wedding invitation or graduation invitation. i don't know like not saying we're close but like saying maybe like i was just expecting something else but no i got the package and it was a bunch of records man and one of those records i actually got the chance to 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 deep listen to and uh it's going to be highlighted in uh the next section of the show which is the vinyl recommendations of the week um so yeah i wanted to just shout out <clears throat> i just wanted to shout out um black liberation music for hooking me up with some amazing sounds and do know that i will continue to pass that forward um i look at this group of amazing black men um, who share their experiences i look at this group as mentors honestly because when when i'm in the pre when i'm in their presence sort of like what i just said about you know being in the presence of plunky and and nag champa and, and and charvis and all those great guys over at uh hr records it's sort of the same thing like when i'm around you i want to get i want to know what you are what you know i don't i don't want to be talking all this talk about all the stuff that i think i can contribute which I think can leave people feeling a wrong impress impression about me. Like I think people may think that like I'm standoffish or maybe I'm I'm I don't know anything, I'm a know nothing, or I'm a novice or a newbie, which you can say I'm all those things, right? I, I'm all those things. But more than anything, I'm a learner. And I'm always trying to learn more than I talk. I'm I'm not trying to talk or over talk or out talk anybody who i'm around who has knowledge about things that i care about um so i think with the the group i i, I express that to them because you know they they share my experiences of being uh you know black and a black man in this world um and i think they understand that perfectly but i think there are some people who um who i interact with uh in the record community who may think that like i'm just like a, a i don't know i'm a space taker upper or some shit like that but i'm not i'm just literally when i'm in your presence and i know that you know what you're talking about and i know that you have something some knowledge some understanding some 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 uh some information that i don't have i want to listen i want to get that information so don't take it the wrong way like everyone isn't going to be talking to you about trying to get an interview everyone isn't going to be in your face telling you what you want to hear some people just like to be around you just to get that knowledge you know and, and you can't take that the wrong way all the time and, and think that people don't want to talk to you or people are cowards for not wanting to you know pitch give you the elevator pitch right there uh in your face sometimes it's just they want to just get a sense of the energy too they want to get the vibe right they want to make sure the vibe's right uh, before they interject with all of their you know updates and whatever so yeah i thought that was really important um and again shout outs to black liberation music for uh the hookup on the records and with that i'm gonna go right into uh the vinyl recommendation of the week the vinyl recommendation of the week is a bi-weekly update and i try to do this in every episode minus the episodes with musicians that i have um, just because I forget to add it in the, in those episodes most times. Um, but I try to add a, a record or two this time, this episode. I have three amazing records that I'm going to be uh, telling you about. Um, and these are just records that I want you guys to check out. And so if you have a turntable, if you have a record player, I think you should, I believe that you should go out and buy these records. Um, however, if you don't, I think that you should just download these records and, and check them out 
on your on your phone or on your computer. So uh, so I have again three recommendations this week. Um, one comes courtesy of Black Liberation Music. Shoutouts to you again. The other comes courtesy of HR Records. Digging through the crates. By the way, let me just tell you, man, the fire that HR Records has over there. I don't know if it was just the record store day. I don't know if Travis lucked up on some like on some collection or something, but man, he has some heat, bro. I was about to drop a lot of money. If it wasn't for my girlfriend being there, I would have ended up breaking the bank on record store day. Uh, he was hosting a lot of um, the Black Fire stuff. So he had a lot of the Black Fire stuff there. It was amazing the the amount of, uh, of amazing records that he had in those crates uh, the past weekend. So shout outs to Sharvis again. But yeah, I'm going to start with um, the record vinyl recommendation from Black Liberation Music, which is uh, Matina Roberts, Coin Coin Chapter 4, Memphis. This is a 2019 release from Matina Roberts. And um, this record is a, is a part of a 12-part series. And this comes courtesy of, uh, of Black Liberation Music, who told me this. Um, it comes, it's a part of a 12-chapter series. Uh, so I'm really excited to see uh, what the future chapters are, what they focus around, how, what the sounds are. Um, but a little bit about the record, though. Um, I, I think I can best categorize this as free jazz with a little bit of spoken word and some poetry in there. Um, but honestly, it's just really beautiful music. And I, I think that should be a categorization. Honestly, I think that should be a way that we talk about music. Hey, how do you, what do you think about this record? Oh yeah, it's a good, you know, free jazz record. No, we should be able to say, what do you think about this record? Oh, it's a really beautiful record <laughs> and have that be understood as like, oh, I should check it out. So yeah, um, Metina Roberts is an, a talented, super talented saxophonist um, and um, again, spoken word artist. Um, she does a lot of just really weird stuff, but like I said, weird in a beautiful way, not bad weird at all. Um, there are some pieces and places of this record that are extremely chaotic, but there are some pieces and places in this record that are extremely beautiful. And there are some places that are extremely thoughtful and extremely introspective and extremely vulnerable. Um, and so this this record, this body of work is just an amazing piece of work. So I advise you to go check out Matina Roberts, Coin Coin Chapter 4. Um, I'm going to do myself a favor and check out chapters 1 through 3. Um, and I'm really excited for for what I what I find in these chapters. But Again, shout outs to Black Liberation Music for putting me on to her. And uh, and I'm a fan. I'm a huge I'm a huge fan now. Um, I think my favorite part of uh, of this. My favorite thing about this record. Is the poetry, though, some of the thoughts and the introspections, the insights that she provides in this in, in her poetry were just amazing. Just really, really thoughtful, really beautiful um thoughts that she shares on wax um on a record and um the music again it, it, it's very 
it's all over the place. Again, it's free in some places, which can mean chaotic. It can be beautiful in places. There's some Memphis soul and Memphis blues. There's an undertone of that um, in this record, which really carries, I think, the record over uh, and makes it like really palatable and listenable the entire way through. If you're not a fan of free jazz, for example, um, I think you can pick up some of the things that's happening underneath um, the the body of the music that will kind of make it uh, listenable for you and 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 keep you listening all the way through. Um, and if you are a free jazz uh, fan, I think you'll you'll appreciate um, some of the movements of of where she takes the music. It's just amazing, amazing body of work. Go check it out right now. Go buy it. Um, her voice is beautiful, by the way. <laughs> the album artwork is also uh, another piece that I really like. I love um, album artwork that features uh, mug shots. I think that's a really I mean, some people may say it's cliche or, or a little overdone. Um, thank you, country music, right? <laughs> but uh, I think it's really it's it's a really nice touch to um to having uh having a record speak to you, speak volumes to you. And apparently, that is a family member of hers. I always thought it was Rosa Parks. Like looking at the record, I thought it was Rosa Parks, but it it is actually um a, a descendant of hers, um who is I I think it's just a beautiful record to look at. My next Rhino recommendation uh, comes courtesy. This is a record that I have I've had for a while. Actually, I may have actually mentioned it on another show too, because I I copped this over at Birdland um, a while back. This is a really long time ago when I got this record over at Birdland, but it's a compilation record and it's Black Fire. Blackfire Records story, 1975 to 1993, and essentially it's it's I mean it's the subtitle right it's 
It's mentioning all of the amazing accomplishments of this independent black jazz label based out of Virginia and D.C. Um, and it highlights a lot of the, the artists who uh, who were signed to this label. Theodore West, Oneness of Juju, uh, Wayne Davis, Southern Energy Ensemble. Um, it highlights a lot of these amazing artists who were on this label back in the 70s, 80s, and all the way into today, or 1993, rather. That's not today anymore. <laughs> That's like 20 years ago now. <laughs> so, But yeah, it's a really awesome compilation record. Compilation records really do a great job of kind of ushering you into into um the it's kind of like the intro think of it as the 101 course if you will for um finding out more about a, a label finding out more about an artist or finding out more about a sound and this kind of encapsulates all three of those things you learn more about black fire you learn more about the dc funk jazz sound and you learn more about um, the artists, the amazing artists who were signed to that label during this time. Some amazing tracks. Um, one of my favorite tracks on this record is the intro track done by Theodore West. And that's The Children of Tomorrow's Dream. I think it's an amazing opener and an amazing way to open a record. Um, and once you hear that record, I think you'll understand exactly what I'm saying. So, so yeah, go cop that. Again, here I want to give a shout out again to Plunky and to Kevin for those amazing questions that he was asking Plunky. I think it was just a really good interview uh, where um, I learned a lot about Plunky's perspective and point of view um, about this time, this amazing, very important time in black music where, um, where yeah, I, I, f I feel like this this was a quintessential moment in music history. And I think it, now looking backward, we can all tell that this was one of the most important times in music um, because artists finally felt free enough to listen to their own voice, not only musically and artist in, in an artist way, uh, but in a business sense as well. Um, and so, yeah, I, I really think that that record kind of encapsulates what Black Fire stood for um, and, and what what they wanted to accomplish um in music so yeah i think it's a good intro into buying more of oneness of juju for example their records are really big but yeah if you want to take your take your time with getting intro into them the black fire compilation is a great place to start my last recommendation of the week or of the two weeks i don't know if i'm going to change that right vinyl recommendation of the week right like maybe it should be vinyl recommendation of the of the month or something i don't know but um, but yeah, my last recommendation of the of the week is one that everyone should know about, and this is Ahmed Jamal, Ahmed Jamal seventy three.
this was an awesome find that i found over at hr records digging through the crates it was really good to do that again by the way i've done it a few times over at birdland i did it a few times during the quarantine over at hr too um but it just felt different this one just felt different it felt freer it felt like back to normal it felt like i was doing this in 2019 or 2018 it just felt very um comfortable and not like you know not the old way it felt when you know last year when i was going into record stores and i felt like it was just like a forbidden thing and i shouldn't be doing it and all that stuff it was just very weird uh but this was very comfortable i dug around for about an hour and some change found about three four i think i got four or five records on this trip um including um some juju stuff uh that they were selling from Blackfire. i bought one of those records um but yeah it was really this record right here ahmed jamal 73 is a really important record for ahmed jamal fans so this is ahmed jamal's break from the trio jazz that he's so noted for um he's so renowned for being a part of trios and, and leading trios with um with like uh israel uh, crosby and jamal uh nasir i think is his name let me check on that uh, <laughs> i don't want to get anybody's name wrong um but typically he runs these um these trios with yeah Jam jamel nasir um and frank grant and uh, in his early days it was uh it was like is israel crosby what was on a lot of his records and vernell uh fournier um which i kind of sound french when i said that Ooh, that was nice um but this is different so Ahmed Jamal 73 is like orchestra. It's um it's a lot of moving parts. Um it's very funky, it's very soulful. Um it's not very I don't want to say instrument because it's instrument heavy, but it's very much uh it's very busy. It's very busy, it's way busier than any of his trio stuff. Trios are very easy to wrap your head around. You're listening to three pieces of music, orchestras and and stuff like this is a little bit more busier. And so it's a little harder to get your head around um, if you're, you know, if you're trying to pick apart each instrument and trying to hear the sounds as pure as you can hear them. Right. Um, but Ahmed, Ahmed Jamal, 73, an amazing body of work, uh, really funky, really groovy. It's an intro into his groove years, as I like to call them. Um, and my favorite track on this is, again, the intro track. The world is a ghetto. Check that one out amazing record but peace at last is also awesome on this record too so so yeah now that i got that out of the way i want to get into a very brief topic before we leave here today i'm going to take a quick break though and then i'll be back with a topic that i think people are going to like it ties into uh, my topic of have you listened or should i listen which was one of the topics or one of the subjects of one of my previous episodes so um so yeah give me a quick second to get things together and i'll be right back with the topic Thank you. 
so now that I got the hard stuff out of the way, um, the topic for today's episode, which I'm only going to spend about 10, I want to spend about 10 minutes on here. I want to wrap things up here shortly. I don't want this to be a long episode, but um, th- the topic here is the projects that I'm excited about, right? And and I've I've mentioned this on, I think it was episode 33 or 32 or something like that. Where I talked a lot about um episode or talked a lot about projects that I was excited to listen about and projects that I wasn't excited to listen about or or, or <laughs> projects that I wasn't excited to listen to projects that I was excited to listen to and um I asked for some suggestions too for for these projects um so I did a lot of listening to new projects this past week and um and I have some updates about it so check it out um first and foremost. I talked about Sons of Kemet last episode, and uh, I said I was going to give it a listen. I was kind of excited to give it a listen because their project, Your Queen is a Reptile, was an amazing project. Um, but yeah, I was not prepared for how amazing um, this new Sons of Kemet record, uh, Black to the Future, is. It, this this record is is... I feel like it's way better than your queen is a reptile which may be a controversial statement because your queen is a reptile it kind of solidified um shabaka and and a lot of the cats as as real players in the uk jazz scene um but man like their follow-up game is is crazy because black to the future is just like all the anger and rage of your queen is a reptile all that confusion that chaos that i told you about from that project that that uniqueness that i feel like we're missing in jazz music right now it had all that and then it had a lot of like beautiful points like think of home was just an amazingly beautiful song that i like that hooked me right away so when i got off of that episode talking about how i wanted to check out this project I just Googled Black to the Future, right? And it pulled up Think of Home as the, as the song that, you know, was the first to pop up. And I clicked play and I was like, oh, I'm going to buy this record. I already know that. So I went and I bought it and I bought it on vinyl. And I really, really don't regret it, man. Like, I still don't, I don't think I have Queen, Your Queen is a Reptile on vinyl, um, which is weird, right? Because I listened to that project a number of times when it first came out in 2018, I may have it on vinyl. I don't know, actually, if I do or don't. I should know, but I don't know. Um, I feel like it's one of those things that I bought and maybe I sold, um, but maybe I bought it and maybe I still have it. So I don't know. I'll check. Um, but this project, man, it's 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 a home run. It's 10 out of 10, in my opinion. So it was. it's definitely worth a listen. Uh, it would be a vinyl recommendation of the week. If it hasn't been already, I feel like it may have been. <laughs> I feel like I may have talked about it with Ryan um, on that episode uh, where I'd mentioned um, a few different other records too. But if I didn't mention it on that episode, uh, I, feel free to add that here. Like, go do yourself a favor and listen to Sons of Kemet, Black to the Future. You won't be disappointed. Another record that I did not mention um, on, on that episode, should I listen uh, was floating points this is a record that i've been very nervous about checking out um it's floating points is uh an artist uh he, i think he's like a electronic electronica artist um and he did this collab or they did this collab with pharaoh sanders and it's a beautiful body of work i was very nervous about the the collab because you know typically with you know the jazz greats people just kind of want to 
collab with them because of their name um and and sometimes the music can be a little bit subpar uh i was not familiar with floating points at all so i have to i have to give that uh, uh i have to add that note into this um but yeah it, it was an amazing project and i actually bought it on repress because it had sold out um so i bought the repress that is still forthcoming from acoustic sounds shout out to acoustic sounds um so i'm excited to put that on a turntable i hope the repress is just as good as the uh the og but this isn't a technical episode is it <laughs> speaking of which we won't have a good getting technical we won't have getting technical facts unless we have ryan on the show um i feel like the getting technical thing has been such a, a huge part of the show people have really enjoyed the getting technical stuff but i don't want to lead anybody down the wrong path so i want to always have a fact check um on and i think ryan will be a great addition to that fact check making sure i'm telling the right facts and getting the right information out there um to the newbies in the community the last project i'm going to talk about is one that i didn't have slated to talk about but i just cannot stop listening to this fucking project it's amazing um i first heard of this guy in like 2015 2014 the first project i actually heard of was like theo versus jj or some shit like that it, i think it was a mixtape it may have been a mixtape it may have been an actual album but the guy i'm talking about is sky zoo sky zoo is an amazing rapper from the borough of brooklyn new york and um he has a new project called all the brilliant things and man this guy all his projects, and this may sound bad, but all his projects have this sound that's very unique to him. And it's like the sample heavy, but very modern sample heavy, not like sample heavy and like not like obscure sample heavy. Right. It's like very contemporary sample heavy, like a lot of, like a lot of DJ premier stuff sounds like where it's like it's samples. But it's like there's some 808s under there's some there's some percussion under there's some there's some layers to it right it's not just like oh here's this obscure ass norwegian jazz band that i sampled it's like no here's this jazz band that i sampled but i'm also going to add to it like some modern flavor to it i wrote in my notes that skazoo all his projects sound like how we thought new york hip-hop was going to sound back in like the 90s late 90s this is where we thought hip-hop music was going to go it took a weird turn when atlanta took over the atlanta takeover of hip-hop which i'm not saying is bad i, I mess with a lot of like atlanta rap and and the modern and i also admit that i just don't understand a lot of that stuff too i don't make any qualms about it like i don't say like oh like yeah i don't understand it so it's trash no i just say oh yeah i don't understand it like some somebody understands it somebody gets it the quavos and the, and the takeoffs and the mingos and <laughs> all that shit somebody gets that stuff and they like it and that's great and i enjoy some of the some of the stuff that i hear some of the one-off stuff that i hear like in passing when i hear it in cars or when i hear it in bars or when i hear it in whatever like i enjoy that stuff too it's great music however it's just not what i'd sit around and listen to though However, I do sit around and listen to Skazoo, and this is what I, again, what I thought New York hip-hop was going to sound like when I re remember being introduced to it in the late 90s. I was like, this is the sound. This is the way it's going to sound. It's going to progress to this level. 
I mean, I'm talking about bars. I'm talking about uh, content. I'm talking about the beats and the, the beat selection. He does a really great job um, with all of these things in this project. Uh, the content is there. Uh, he does this a really amazing job where he uh, he has a he had a line in one of the one of the songs where he talks about how he's like. It's like his rap style is like half most deaf and like half mace like and, and that's a really good comparison because it's like, yeah, it is half mace half. That, that's exactly how I would like think of him as a rapper, because it's not like uber conscious, right? Like a most deaf, like it's not he's not sitting there preaching to you. Right. Um, which, again, I, I've given you my thoughts about preachy rappers. I love preachy rappers. I don't I don't get the whole thing about being told about the ills of the world through music. I don't get why we have a society that kind of frowns upon that, but whatever. I'm not going to go into that again. Um, but yeah, I, I, I definitely see how he can he can tell a story really well and he can give you those conscious nuggets at the same time and not kind of overdo it with the whole like, you know, I'm a conscious rapper um, and he does that really well. And so I really, really think that this guy is he's super slept on i haven't heard enough talk about this project so i hope that um yeah i hope that i hope that this project gets more shine than what it's been getting because it is one of the best rap albums i've heard not just all year but in a, in a little bit of time and, and, and i'm i'm may say the last two years um so yeah check that out um all the all the all the brilliant things uh floating points pharaoh um and of course, uh, Sons of Kemet, um, those are all amazing projects that you should be checking out that you should have in your headphones, on your turntables. Um, I don't know if, and this is another thing about Skazu, I don't, I always want to get his projects on wax, but I feel like Mellow Music Group never puts anything out on wax. I don't know. I got to check on that. Anyway, let me know your thoughts about all of this stuff, man. Let me know if you've listened to any of these projects, what your thoughts are about these projects. If I got it wrong with any of this stuff, if Skazu sucks to you, whatever. Um, if, you know, if Floating Point sucks to you, whatever. If Sons of Kemet suck, let me know. Like, I, I think that these guys all kick ass. I think all of this music that I just gave you guys, you should be going and checking out. And if you have, and if you don't like it, I want to hear why you don't like it. I'm being so serious about that. Um, I want to know why you don't like it because it's amazing shit. And I mean, if you don't like amazing shit, then you should just say you don't like amazing shit and not say it's not amazing. <laughs> anyway, that's about my time, guys. You can reach out to me at the record spinner podcast at gmail.com. Uh, follow me on Instagram uh, at the at rebirth of the cool, not the rebirth of the cool. Uh, you can follow me on IG and Twitter at that handle. And of course, the Facebook page, the website, therecordspinnerpodcast.com. Until next time, peace. <laughs>